Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. All right. Good show coming up today. Really good first hour. Let's get it going. We got multiple things to get to. Uh, Later in the show, Joe Ingles scheduled to join us. Always enjoy talking to Joe. The full week in the bubble. What does he think? Uh, We will talk with him. We are now inside of two weeks to the Jazz opener with the Pelicans July 30th. We are now down. It was two weeks from yesterday, so we're, we're 13 days out now. We're getting there. So Joe Ingles is coming up. Plus, every Friday we talk with David Locks. We got him later in the show as well for you Jazz fans. Uh, for you college football fans, in this first hour, we had Phil Steele, the Phil Steele on the air yesterday in the 9 o'clock hour. His college football magazine, of course, one of those markers of summer that means college football is coming, and we know we don't know when it's coming, and we don't know exactly what it's going to look like, and there's a chance it may not show up after all, but guess what? We are going to go with the illusion, and we're going to go hardcore football with Phil Steele. Uh, We spoke with him late in the show. We're going to replay that for you coming up later in this hour, so stay with us. Also coming up in this hour, Donovan Mitchell. Ah, how about that, huh? Uh, Donovan Mitchell meeting with the media, did the Zoom session from the bubble. His thoughts on the, uh, on the playoffs, everything, everything from the playoffs where he gets a little intense about that, uh, to Quinn Snyder and the way he's prepping the team and the way he's handled things, to uh, his clothing choices, which is kind of lighthearted, wearing the, the Utah Stars ABA gear. And the backstory on how he found that, and everybody wanted a really cool backstory. Well, wait till you hear the story. It's not exactly what you expected, but when you hear it, you're like, oh, actually, that kind of makes sense. So, all right, all that's coming up. But right now, we're going to start you off with uh, George Niang. Uh, this is one of the guy, jazz guys, you know, who's going to pick up the load for Bogdanovich? And it's easy to say it's going to be Mike Conley, right? But if Mike Conley goes out and scores 20 points a game, well, he was already scoring 15 points a game. And his last, go back and look at the stats. Look at the game-by-game breakout. Look what he did his last 12 or 13 games. He was on a roll. He was peak Mike Conley. So if he, if he picks up where he left off, they're gonna, the Jazz are getting what they expected when they got him. They're getting what they need with Bogdanovich out. But someone's got to start giving them what he was giving them. Because now he's Bogdanovich. Well, who's Conley? And so I think as you look, hey, Ingles can get a few more positions. Mitchell can too. But is it going to be someone like Royce O'Neal or George Niang? Is it going to be somebody who hasn't been getting any playing time at all? You know, is, is this Brantley's chance, right? Is this Morgan's chance? Uh, Juwan Morgan, Jarrell Brantley, two guys that uh, we haven't seen, but they've done some G League. They're doing the individual work with their coaches. And Dennis Lindsay speaks highly of them. Maybe this is their shot. But maybe it's George Niang's chance to get a bigger role. Here's George Niang with the media. Hey, George. Good to see you. Good to see you. Oh, I can't really see you, but good to hear from you. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, I was wondering if you could just kind of uh, take us through, you know, how how your foot injury happened, like what exactly happened that that made you like not a full participant in these first uh, few practices that you've had. Oh, I mean, I was I, it was just precautionary. I had uh, just rolled my ankle, um, you know, so we were just taking precautionary steps. I mean, we don't play for another uh, fourteen days, I think it is. So. Just taking it slow, getting in there to get uh, to full speed. Coach also said I was kicking too much ass, so had to, to take it easy. I can see that. Thank you. Thanks, George. Uh, next question will be from Tony Jones, the Athletic. Hey, G. What's good? What's going on, Tony? Um, you know what are you what are you expecting? You know your role to be. 
um, you know, in, in terms of the new restart, in terms of the offense, and, and in terms of, you know, what your time is, and if, if it's going to be any different than, than what it was before, uh, before the, the initial uh, NBA shutdown. See, here's the thing, Tony. Um, I can only control uh, how hard I play, the effort, I mean, uh, you know, my attitude and how I treat other people. Um, obviously, Boyan is out. I mean, it looks like there's going to be more opportunity, but I can only go in there and do what I'm capable of and fit my role and whatever the team needs me to do. If that's, you know, to shoot corner threes, if that's to get guys open shots, and I'm going to do that. Um, I've heard a lot of press about, you know, with Boyan out, what is Niang going to have to step up and do? I'm just going to go out there and, and be the best me that I can be. There's no added pressure. I just go out there and try to be me and try to get 1% better uh, every single day. So I don't look at it as what am I going to have to prove? What more do I need to do? I'm just going to go out there and take what the defense gives me and do what the team needs me to do. All right. Next question will be from Sarah Todd, Desert News. Hey, George, glad you're back in action. Um, we talked to Donovan a few minutes ago, and he said that it seemed like you didn't skip a beat, that it felt like you had been in practice like this whole time. Uh, do you feel like you were set back at all by not being able to practice fully with the team for the last week? Or how are you feeling about your progress as far as kind of ramping up to things happening? Uh, no, not at all. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I've been able to get into a rhythm. Uh, people don't understand, you know, not being able to play five on five for however long we were and, and until we got down here is is a lot is really different um you know so getting back into game rhythm um game shape um and making sure i was 100 percent to do that um you know it was just something that i was focused on every day and, and you know i'm glad that you know i'm back to 100 and uh ready to keep progressing forward and like i said get one percent better you know every single day Okay, next question, Ben Anderson, KSL Sport. Hey, George, what was yesterday like having a day off? And is this type of quarantine better than being stuck at home? <laughs> uh, is that a trick question? Uh, the NBA bubble, I'll speak out on that, uh, is really impressive. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, we're, we're stuck in an area, but they provide a ton of activities for us to do. And, um, you know, it's there's been a lot of hard work that's been put into this and people have done a lot of great things to make it feel as close to being, you know, at home when we're not uh, playing basketball. Um, I would say, you know, sorry, I lost track of the question. Can you ask it again? Yeah, it has. A, what have you been doing in the bubble to kind of stay oh, busy? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. At home? yeah. So a, a lot of guys. Um, you know, the treatment room has been open a ton. The training staff has been great with us. You know, the pool is open here. A bunch of us have gone golfing, uh, playing Uno. Uh, you know, a lot of guys are video gamers. I'm sure you see it on social media. I don't play video games, but I can hear them in the room next to me, you know, all the time, yelling, screaming, shoot this guy, shoot that guy. Sorry. Um, but yeah, so we've just been playing video games. You know, we have a great camaraderie as a team. So hanging out with each other and just, it's like a 112 day uh, road trip. There's George Niang and his Zoom conference. It wasn't very long. That was the whole thing right there. Donovan Mitchell's coming up next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. 
from Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. I'm going to let you listen to Donovan Mitchell's uh, media session. And this is this is how glamorous it is, people. This is our lives. Usually hear it all edited and cut up, but this is what a Zoom session sounds like. Not everyone can handle the mute button. Glitches. I blame Zoom. It wasn't Eric. I don't know what it was. All right, here's Donovan Mitchell's media session. Hey, Donovan, good to see you. Hey, Eric, how you doing? Good, thank you. So we heard that uh, that George was a full participant in practice today. Uh, just wondering kind of what he looked like out there and, and also what your expectations are for, for what he can bring to the team going forward now that you guys are just like, well, like two weeks away from playing your first game. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was good to have him out there, you know, for the full length of practice. You know, it kind of doesn't feel like he's been missing because he's always a, a spark, you know, whether it's talking or it's, um, you know, going through drills. And he's not a guy that, you know, it didn't take too long to kind of remember plays, remember certain things. So for him, it was like, you know, it was, it was really easy to kind of jump right in. And for us, it was like he didn't miss a beat. Uh, so it was good to have him back. And, yeah, we're, we're, we're locked in and ready for the, for the next two weeks and getting ready to play on, on the, the 22nd. Thank you. Great. Next question will be from Tim Reynolds, AP. Hey, Donovan. Good morning. It's how you doing? And good. And you're right. This is the weirdest thing in the world. So, 100 on that. I know this has been talked about a little bit already, but do you think in an empty arena, the interaction between opposing players when it comes to maybe some of the extracurricular talking and stuff like that, or the, the the interaction between players and referees because there's not going to be a sound barrier there. There's not going to be twenty thousand people muffling the noise. Do, do you think that's going to change much from what? No. What's wrong? Uh, not not at all. I feel like that's you're just going to get an open 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 gym kind of vibe. I think uh, from a fan experience, I don't know what uh, the NBA is playing for the TV, but as far as being in the being in you know the arena, I think you're really just going to see what guys talk about an open gym and honestly everybody's so worried about the trash talking there's a lot of like just jokes being made on the floor and obviously we come play out time that kind of goes out the window but um it's going to be weird at first but at the end of the day we've all played pickup in empty gyms and i feel like that's what it's going to feel like as far as talking to each other but uh there'll be some things that it'll that'll pick up and definitely allow for you know you guys to kind of run with and, and have fun with because it's just the nature of the game but um, i don't think it'll be any different at all thank you Okay, next question will be from Tony Jones, The Athletic. Hey, Donovan, how you doing? What up, Tony? How you doing? Good, good. Uh, you know, what are some of the things that, that you are focusing on, you know, for trying your individual game in terms of what you want to improve, uh, you know, from March heading into the, to the restart? Uh, <laughs> Uh, becoming a better passer. I think that's our more willing passer. I think getting into the lane, you know, obviously, you know, get there, you know, and um, 
stake certain shots, whatever. But I think being able to find my teammates, especially with with Boyan being out, we're going to need guys to kind of pick it up and, and kind of pick up the slack that he had. So for us, it's like for me, you know, obviously uh, take the shots that I can get, but also being able to find my teammates, getting them easier looks, which will then also come back and make it easier on myself. But being able to do that, I think, will not just help me for where we are now, but help me for years upon my career. All right, next question, Sarah Todd, Desert News. Hey Donovan, um, I know that over the over the quarantine break that you worked out in LA and you had a couple of the young guys on the team that were out there, Mie and um, Rajon, and th- you, you've got a lot of those young guys that are actually on the team and kind of going against them in practice. Can you tell me what you've seen out of them, whether in LA or just while you've been in Orlando? I think the biggest thing with all of them is the the willingness to learn. You know, um, I think that's one thing I really I really like about it, their work ethic. You know, uh, whether we, when I shoot late at night by myself, you know, I've seen guys uh, some of the rooks kind of come in and, and get their work in as well as they should. And you know, I, I think that's the the biggest part, the dedication to the game. Um, and it's gonna it's tough. You know, you come into a position where you know the, throughout the majority of the year you don't play much, and then you get down here and you never know what when your opportunity may come. Um, so I think it's tough to kind of keep and stay locked in, but they've done a great job of that. And they, they don't go anywhere without each other. <laughs> um, so I, I've noticed that that's a good thing. It builds camaraderie and they're always working out. And then when the, when we're in L.A. with uh, Rajon and Mie, continuously asking questions and just playing with confidence. You know, I think the biggest thing is just being confident. So when your moment comes, just being ready to, to knock a shot down, be ready to, to get a stop, you know, whatever it may be. I think that's what I, one thing I've really seen from those guys. All right, next question from Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Hey, Donovan, uh, you're wearing the Stars sweatshirt right now. What's the story behind that? I'm seeing a lot of guys wearing them. It was pretty popular last night on social media. I was really, um, honestly, I saw it in my locker and grabbed it. <laughs> um, I thought it was a pretty, pretty cool uh, to have a little throwback. Uh, Stars uh, sweatshirt and I like shooting in, sh- in sleeves like this so um, that's really the story behind it there wasn't really anything else I didn't even know it was on, on social media like that but you know I like it uh, it's, it's, a, it's a cool color and um, hopefully I can get a few more right, next question Eric Woodyard ESPN you're not real okay so I think they probably they want to have just come on E take yourself off mute uh, Eric, we can't hear you. All right, we'll, we'll come back to him in one second. First, uh, we'll go to Sam Amick, uh, The Athletic. Donovan, good to see you. Um, hope you're hanging in there okay. I was hoping to, to get your perspective on the coach's challenge here in terms of Quinn and the idea that these guys know X's and O's like the back of their hand, but, but no, none of the coaches in this league – I've really been through something like this. When you figure that they're away from their families, uh, they're trying to to be incredibly uh, empowering and and kind of in lockstep with you guys when it comes to Black Lives Matter. You have the coronavirus situation, and you guys are all going through it together. But but their roles in particular seem to be, you know, a lot more than normal. How do you see just kind of the way Quinn is handling that and that challenge? I think coach has done a great job, and I, I like I said, I think it's it's. 
it's huge to see coaches, you know, just kind of coming down and it's really turned into kind of like a college atmosphere. You know, I think, uh, I think coach, uh, coach Quinn, we're, we're all really close as a team, but you know, some teams aren't always like that. So I think it's allowed for all coaches to kind of get closer to their players in the mail rooms, practice bus, like, uh, there's like that extra like hour or hour, two hours that you get with your players that doesn't necessarily happen. So you kind of find out more about them and then vice versa. You find more about, find more out about your coach. You know, um, I've obviously formed a great relationship with Coach Quinn and, you know, always kind of just, whether it's a text or a call, you know, because at the end of the day, I don't, I don't have kids, but I can only imagine if I, if I did the, the amount it'd be on my, on my brain. So, you know, I, I always let coach know I appreciate all the coaches, uh, Quinn, uh, Johnny, who I work with, um, Zach Guthrie, Vince, like there's so many uh, guys, Lamar Skeeter, like there's so many coaches on our staff that I just, I say thank you to, you know, and not even just the coaches, the training staff, uh, the equipment guys, like, you know, they obviously we're all making a sacrifice to be down here um, for, for the greater good. But I think that's, that's the biggest thing, just being able to show that you appreciate it because, you know, at the end of the day, this is a job, but family comes first, uh, family in life as a whole comes first and for them to be able to sacrifice and come down uh, says a lot to us as players and says a lot to should say a lot to the fans because obviously players have sacrificed coming down here but the coaches the training staff the equipment guys uh, those deserve a huge shout out as well appreciate it okay we're gonna try going back to eric woodyard eric I think you're still on mute, but you can. Oh, can y'all hear me? Can y'all hear me? I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> can you hear me? Yeah. Hey. Oh, what's up, Don? You all right? I'm good. Man. Hey, man. I like that Salt Lake City Star shirt, too, man. That's dope. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, for you, man, you know, adjusting to this role, man, you know, from 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 being a rookie to second, you know, to, the, to your third season, have it, have you adjusted into this role? I mean, obviously, you about to come out with a second signature sneaker, but how much have you adjusted just to this role of you being a franchise guy and, just, just take me through that where you at right now, man. Uh, I think the biggest thing for me is not run, not allowing, you know, the name I've created on the floor and off the floor to kind of affect the work that I've been doing. You know, continuing to to work on my game, get better as a teammate, better as a leader, better as a player, uh, in so many different ways. I think that's really where it starts because, you know, it's easy to kind of get what I've been able to be given at an early age and early in your career and kind of just, you know chill you know and I think that's the that's the I try to do the exact opposite uh and just kind of just focus and, and focus on myself in the game and let everything else kind of flow the way it has been I've been blessed to you know they've been granted with an opportunity as a rookie you know unfortunately I seized that opportunity and I've been kind of going with it ever since but yeah you're right I've, I've kind of honed in as trying to be the leader of this team and going out there and just leading these guys any way I can whether it's meals it's it's gaming it's on the floor pick and roll defense like whatever it may be just kind of going out there and just be trying to be the voice because you know at the end of the day yeah i'm three years in but i i kind of see myself as a little bit more than that um and i think that's really where my head is at you know not really thinking about wow you know i've been able to get all this i appreciate it and i'm blessed but you know um the team that we're playing doesn't really care about that they honestly it's about going out there and getting wins and, and being the best player and being the best teammate I can be. All right, great. And we have one last question. This one will be from Kyle Goon, Orange County Register. Kyle. Hey, what's up? It's it's the uh, reunion tour here between me and Eric. Donovan, <laughs> um, you used the words uh, college campus to, to describe what you're going through right now. I was wondering if you compare this at all to your Team USA experience. And is there just 
kind of even going further than that, is there something weird about just being physically around potential playoff opponents and, and guys you're going to play in just a couple of weeks? Yeah, I feel like it'll be different when the games start. I think right now I know a lot of guys throughout the league just from just from relationships that I've built. So it's really been like that's where I kind of got the AU kind of college feel from it. Um, but once we start playing, I think really once the playoffs begin, I think that's when you start to see the separation, um, you know, from guys. Even I shouldn't even say that. Even when the games start, you start seeing separation, but uh, and the competitive mindset kind of flip. But right now, it's just been kind of good to catch up with guys and, you know, obviously kind of going through a crazy experience and us being in a, in a bubble and kind of having the whole world watching what we're doing, you know, and just kind of just for me, like I've known a lot, a lot of these guys, like, you know, Jason Tatum, obviously, uh, Bam, um, Kuz, like there's so many guys here that I've known for, for a little bit. Uh, so being able to kind of eat and, 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 and chill with them, I think it's been cool. But once, you know, once the game starts, I think it'll be a little bit different for sure. And just as a quick follow-up, is there something sort of democratizing about even guys like LeBron, Kawhi, Giannis, the biggest stars in this league, sort of having the same setup as as guy as the rest of the guys in this camp? Honestly, I don't really know. I don't mean to disrespect. I don't really care. You know what their setup is. I think at the end of the day. Um, we came down here to hoop. I didn't come down here to kind of compare, you know, who's staying where and who's doing what. You know, we all have our assumptions and it is what it is. But at the end of the day, we all play on the same court to have the shoes the same way, put the same type of jersey on. So at the end of the day, it's about who's go out there and be competitive um, and kind of go from there, you know. And um, those guys that you named, they've, they've earned the right to kind of have their name and whatever it is. But, you know, like I said, I'm a, I'm a guy who's three years in and we have guys on this team that are ready to prove themselves as well. And that's, that's really what we can be focused on. There's Donovan Mitchell. All right, when we come back, Phil Steele talking football with PK and I. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. We're going to be joined by Phil Steele. Momentarily, Phil Steele's college football preview. And of course, things are changing pretty quickly, PK. You know, he, he does pro he does these uh profiles for all these teams and and uh you know, in the case of Utah State, just in the last week, you know, he does a lot of online stuff so he can update that. The the printed stuff can be a little trickier depending on how stuff happens around his deadlines, which you know well because of the newspaper industry and stuff happened around those deadlines. Um but, you know, you do the whole homework on Utah State and you think Columbia's going to be obviously the starting quarterback, but they get Shelly transferring in from the U, then Columbia enters the, the portal. It, that's a pretty big change on deadline when you're prepping for a college football season. Oh, my gosh, yeah. That was a significant change in a matter of 48 hours. <laughs> that, that, at this time of year, no less. That was pretty crazy. And for Utah State, the question again is, uh, where is the depth? You know, because we thought Shelley was going to solve that. We thought, well, Columbia's shown well in, in the little bit of time he's gotten. We've heard good things about him. We've seen right. a little bit, and it's very little. It's a small sample, but it looks good. It looks like there's, you know, there's some upside, and that can progress. Then you get Shelley. It's like, okay, now you got two quarterbacks. I don't know what else they would have done. And now all of a sudden, they're right back down. They're, they're right back down to one again. 
DJ and PK, time now to talk college football with Phil Steele from Phil Steele's College Football Preview. He joins us on the T-Mobile special guest line. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit T-Mobile.com for online services and local store availability. Phil, good morning. Good morning. How are you, gentlemen? We're doing well. We're doing well. Uh, You've got your uh, college football preview coming together. It's that time of year, and I'm curious, uh, in this kind of crazy year and not knowing what games are going to happen and when they might happen, was it hard for you to put this together, or in a weird way was it a little easier with coaches more available? Yeah, the coaches were more available this year. Talked to about 110 of them, so, uh, and they had a lot of time. The average coach's call probably lasted about an hour this year. Uh, they were probably itching to talk some football when, uh, when I called. And, you know, the schedules, uh, the good thing about the magazine is I base everything for my, ske- for my, uh, conference predictions based on conference games. And, you know, as long as we're playing conference games, I'm happy. I think we got ourselves a full schedule. We got some great football ahead of us. There'll be some matchups we miss out on, you know, like, uh, Michigan traveling to Washington, Ohio State traveling to Oregon, USC playing Notre Dame, and uh, also Alabama. But I love the conference play, and I think we're going to have a, a good college football season. So in Pac-12 North, there's some coaching changes. When you make your predictions and your analysis, how much do you figure in coaching changes in terms of maybe some unknown stuff? Well, this year, coaching changes was a major thing for the magazine. Uh, You take a look at a a school like Michigan State, uh, you know, Mark D'Antonio stepped aside after they had already signed their freshman class, and then they had to scramble around. Finally, they found Mel Tucker from Colorado to come over there. Uh, He had no spring practices with the team and only has 10 returning starters. So it was an inexperienced team to begin with. Doesn't have the knowledge of the players on the field. Of course, he has knowledge of the players off the field, especially with all these Zoom meetings and things like that. But that's a tough situation for our first-year head coach. And for the most part, I think first-year head coaches are stepping into some tough situations unless they inherit a lot of talent. You know, like Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, I think he inherited a very talented Ole Miss team uh, that had a lot of true freshmen last year. So he's, he's probably stepping into a decent situation. But for the most part, I thought it was a negative factor, especially with the lack of spring practices that were out there. Phil Steele joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. When you look at the Pac-12 South, I see a lot of people saying USC's the one, they're the favorite. ASU and Utah, you can put them whatever order you want. I think more people have Utah two than three, but those are legit contenders. And the other three teams, we just don't know what UCLA, Arizona, and Colorado can possibly pull off. They seem to be pretty distant back from the other, the other three. Is that the way you see the division? That's exactly the way I see that division. Uh, you know, USC, I think if you look at them top to bottom at each position, they're arguably the most talented team in the Pac-12 this year. And I know last year uh, they lost some games, and folks are like, well, Clay Helton always loses games. You know, let's look back at some of the specifics of how USC lost those games. They had a first-time starting, first road start for a young quarterback when they played BYU and Slovis started. They lost that game by a field goal. Then they started their third-string quarterback, his first road start, lost to Washington. They lost to Notre Dame by three. So they had some close losses last year, 17 returning starters. I like Slovis. In fact, the majority, all the positions rank in my top units in front of the magazine. Biggest question marks might be offensive line and linebacker, but those are still
still top 25 units potentially. I think USC is the most talented team along with Oregon in the Pac-12 this year. And then, you know, Utah, you always have to count them in the mix with Kyle Whittingham. Whittingham is just one of the best head coaches out there. Now, a little disappointed Coach Whittingham last year. I picked him as my number one surprise team. All they had to do was beat Oregon in that Pac-12 title game, and they would have been the surprise team going from non-top 10 to make the playoff. Came up short in that game, but uh, I think they're in a – it looks like they're in a uh, rebuild thing, but he's to the point where he just reloads every year. And then Arizona State's got the exciting quarterback in Jaden Daniels. Uh, Good talent throughout as well, especially on the defensive side of the ball. They had a couple of freshmen that started two years ago. They're now juniors. So I think those three are clearly the top teams in the South this year. Concern about Oregon with uh, four to the five offensive linemen and a new quarterback, or do you think they got enough talent to overcome that? Yeah, I was very concerned before talking to Coach Cristobal this year, uh, and he's an OL coach. You know, so he's a, he's a guy that knows the offensive line, and he feels he'll be okay on the offensive line. Uh, and quarterback-wise, you know, Tyler Shaw, Anthony Brown, both uh, have uh, some, some experience, uh, and they're both very talented guys. So I think they'll do okay there. They are weaker at quarterback and on the offensive line than last year. I mean, let's face it, last year's offensive line, arguably the best in college football. Justin Herbert, a first-round draft pick, they don't have that this year. But what they do have is a deep backfield with uh, Verdell, Dye, uh, Habibi Likio, Sean Dollar. They've got dangerous receivers, and uh, you look at them defensively, that's what really stands out to me. All three units rank in my top units. Number, number six defensive line, number 13 set of linebackers, and best secondary in the country. So I, I think Oregon, you know, after getting off the phone with Coach Cristobal, I'm like, wow, they, they compare to USC talent-wise this year. And uh, I think they're, they're clearly the favorite to win the North. The biggest contenders going to be Washington and then a dark horse. I'm going to throw Stanford out there. David Shaw hasn't forgotten how to coach football. I know he's coming off a four-win season last year, but he's got some talent there as well. Phil Steele joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Um, I'm curious what you think of Utah quarterback. Obviously, the passing game was not good enough for the Pac-12 when they came in. It has improved. They're coming off their best year throwing the ball, but there is still room for improvement. They've got a pair of former four-star recruits. Both have transferred. Who do you think wins the job, and how good is that passing game going to be? You know, and I tried to get that out of Coach Whittingham. Sometimes the coaches will give me one of those 51-49 things, and I couldn't get it. You know, it's Jake Bentley and Cam Rising, and I think whichever guy starts, Utah's in good shape because those are two very highly touted quarterbacks coming out of high school, two quarterbacks with good size, have experience, have been in big-time programs. So I think whichever guy wins that race, they're in pretty good shape there. I'm wondering who's going to replace Zach. All right, Moss. Well, he's not the only one who's wondering, PK. Hopefully he'll well, so, hopefully he'll call know, back in. He just got cut off, apparently. Sometimes that when you're that good and you want to replace him, you can't, so you just hang up. <laughs> that could be it. <laughs> it's not doable. Click. <laughs> it's not happening. Just empty the backfield all year. Sorry, Jordan Wilmore. Sorry. 
Phil Steele okay. just paid the ultimate compliment to Zach Morris. Yes, the, Zach Morris. Zach Moss. Zach Morris. <laughs> Zach Morris. Uh, the ultimate compliment for Zach Moss. You were talking about replacing him between the Zach and the Moss. You just cut out. We just figured that means it can't possibly be done. They can't replace him. So that, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess you guys don't like to talk about the departure of Zach Moss, huh? You just hung yeah, up it, on it, it. everybody. Everybody takes a knee and just sobs quietly to themselves in in, yeah. Ute, in the Ute Kingdom there. Well, you know, I, I think Jordan Wilmore. When you look at him, he's he's not very tall. He's only five eight, but he's thick, and uh, he, he's got some breakaway ability. And then Brumfield is a guy that's also got good size. Uh, doesn't have quite the elusiveness as what Whitmore or Wilmore, but uh, I, I think Brumfield has that opportunity. Uh, and even a Ty Jordan, you know, he's a guy that Texas even wanted. He's another five seven guy. But when you're running behind that offensive line, there's some big boys on the O line. I read the number thirty rated offensive line. Lack of height doesn't bother me at all because that allows you to hide a little bit behind the O-line. So I think Utah's going to be in good shape this year. It's going to be more of a reload than a rebuild. When you look to forecast the Mountain West, because they've earned it, is your default just going to Boise State? And the talent. I mean, Brian Harson's doing a good job recruiting. Uh, the biggest question mark is going to be the offensive line this year. It's the only unit that doesn't rank in my top units. But you go back to watch that Florida State game last year and what Hank Bachmeyer did. Phenomenal. And what they got to do is get him to take a few less hits. That's part on Bachmeyer because he held on to the ball a little long. And then part of it was based on the, the offensive line allowing some pressure. Uh, if they can keep him upright and healthy, they're going to be very dangerous this year. In fact, they could very well, if you look at their schedule, I know they get Florida State at home potentially, uh, but they could be favored in every single game this year. So they're a threat to get to the New Year's Day 6, provided Harson's able to rework that offensive line, which only has one returning starter this year. San Diego State and Hawaii both had coaching changes. Air Force had a great year. Eleven and two, seven and one in league. Uh, Utah State, obviously, with an ever-changing quarterback situation. Who can pressure Boise State in this conference? Uh, and one team you didn't mention, Nevada. I know Nevada wasn't overwhelming last year, but they got 17 returning starters. It's in the fourth year of Jay Norvell. And I like the overall talent they have coming back this year. I think they've got a chance of even uh, winning that division. Keep your eyes on those guys. Carson Strong, a QB, really emerged in the second half of the year. Uh, Toa Tawa, uh, running back, uh, I think he gets back to the form he had two years ago. And they've got dangerous receivers and cooks and dobs. And the interesting conversation, you guys were talking about first-year head coaches before. Uh, you get on the phone with Coach Todd Graham, and he loves what he inherited at Hawaii. A lot of times the first-year head coach, I remember talking to Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee the year he took over, and he's like, oh, my God, this I wonder what kind of talent we even have here. Meanwhile, Todd Graham was just the opposite, loves his offensive line, loves his defensive players, loves everything he inherited. He thinks he's, they're going to be a key piece. So keep your eyes on Nevada and Hawaii in that division. And with Utah State, you know, prospects for them uh, got a little bit better uh, coming out. With the, I, I like the addition of uh, Jason Shelley, a quarterback. I think Shelley should step in, answer one of the questions they had coming in. And it is Gary Anderson's second year. You know, I asked Coach Anderson, I said, would you rather have just three returning starters on offense and an NFL quarterback or eight returning starters on offense and lose an NFL quarterback? He said he'd rather have the NFL quarterback there. But, you know, let's face it, Jordan Love Last year, 20 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. Didn't have the year expected. Jason Shelley could top those stats this year. 
Well, BYU last year just had an unbelievable season with the maddening nature of winning games they weren't expected to win, losing games they weren't expected to lose. So they return a fair amount. What's your indication as far as what you think for them? Well, I've talked to Coach Sataki each year of his five years. This is by far the best team he's put on the field. And you go back to last year. You know, part of the reason for that up and down thing was all the different players they lost to injury. They had 49 different players start a game last year. That was number one in the FBS. They were down their top two running backs, their top linebacker, their top offensive lineman. They had to play a third string quarterback. Yet BYU managed to pull out some wins, like that Boise State win. But top to bottom. This is the deepest, best team Coach Sataki's put on the field, starting with quarterback Zach Wilson and taking it through the entire lineup. There's really not an overall weak spot on this team. It's one of his better receiving cores, one of the best offensive lines. Uh, I think this is BYU's best team yet. And talking to Coach Sataki at the end of the conversation, he said, you know, Phil, we don't play the same schedule we used to play, which is true. BYU back you know, 20 years ago would pay, play maybe one, maybe two Power 5 teams. Well, some of those Power 5 teams are dropping off the schedule. Utah, Arizona State, Minnesota, they're not playing them this year. So we might see a a big-time record increase for BYU this year. So a year ago, you know, they they had three games led in the fourth quarter and they couldn't close out. That's the difference between seven and six and ten and three. They were all on the road. But they didn't have Tyson Williams at that point because he got hurt and they just, Mm. they weren't as good in the running game after he went down. Do you think they're good in the running game this year and will be able to run the ball, shorten games, and protect those leads that got away from them a year ago? Yeah, the good news is going through the running back position with Coach Sataki this year, they go about seven deep. I mean, there's Devontae Henry-Cole, Jackson McChesney, Siona Fanu, uh, Tyler Algier, Lopina Katoa, Bruce Garrett, Jackson Kafuzi, these are all guys that Coach Sataki feels confident in. So they are deeper, but I agree with you. Tyson Williams last year was, was a difference maker early on, and I think not having him the rest of the year, basically losing your top two running backs, really did hurt him last year. But I do like the depth, and hopefully someone emerges and, and performs like Williams did, at least in those first couple of games. As far as the uh, you talk about the top half of the South Division and the Pac-12, in the bottom half, which was which is obviously UCLA, Arizona, Colorado, how far down do you see those three teams relative to the other three teams that you've already mentioned in the South? I've got major question marks on all three of those teams. You know, the Colorado question mark would be, hey, first-year head coach, uh, you know, late, uh, late move in the coaching things. Once again, after the uh, recruiting thing was over, uh, how are they going to react to the new schemes, both offensively, well, defensively they don't change. they got Tyson Summers back, uh, which is good. Uh, and th- that would be a big question mark I have with Colorado. With Arizona, you know, hey, they had. Khalil Tate last year, (laughs) and now they don't. I like what Grant Gunnell did last year, but that linebacking core with Colin Schooler, Tony Fields, you expect the defense to be better, but last year, they gave up 471 yards per game. Can they fix the defense? And UCLA, uh, you just wonder when Chip Kelly's going to kick in, if he is. You know, at Oregon, he had a couple of advantages. The first one was Oregon had probably better facilities at that time than the rest of the Pac-12, so he was able to recruit real well. He's lost that advantage, and, and we've seen that in his recruiting classes. And the second was he was he brought in that hurry-up offense. Nobody was running. Well, not every college runs a hurry-up offense. So I think he lost his two major advantages that he had at Oregon. 
Now we're going to see if they can take care of business. But I'll say this. When I was talking to Coach Shaw of Stanford, he brought up Dorian Thompson-Robinson a couple times as a quarterback that really impressed him. So keep your eyes on DTR for UCLA this year. Nationally, is the playoff picture like it always is, uh, six teams scrambling for four spots and everybody else is uh, hoping slash pretending to be involved, but realistically, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama, we can pencil them in, Oklahoma. Yeah, you're looking at my front cover. <laughs> it's, who you, it's who you have to project at the top, and Ohio State does look like the best team in the Big Ten. Clemson. Now, I'll say this about Clemson. Last year, there was Clemson. There was a cavernous gap, and then there was the number 2 ACC team. I don't even know who that was. This year, the ACC is a very improved conference. In fact, last year I rated it the sixth best conference. Sixth out of the, and they're a Power Five team uh, behind the American Conference. This year, I moved them all the way up to third. I like Miami, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Pitt, and the Coastal. That's your most improved division in football. So the gap is closed, but nobody caught Clemson yet. And then Alabama, I think they've got to be the pick. Uh, you know, they have to fend off Georgia, Florida, and then Oklahoma, of course. Who's, we will have a battle with Texas, but I'm going to throw out a, a sleeper team for you. Uh, a team that's not in the top ten, much like I had Utah last year, my number one surprise team. And I'm going with Texas A&M. And uh, with the Aggies, I talked to Coach Fisher last year and going over the team with them, and two things stood out to me. One, they had a killer schedule. And as it turns out, they took on three number one ranked teams in the country. They took on the number four ranked team and the number eight ranked team. And the second thing that stood out, he didn't have a lot of seniors on the team last year. Very few. And this year, they are an experienced team. Fifteen returning starters, veteran quarterback in Kellen Mond. And as opposed to playing five top ten teams, including three number ones last year, they might play one top 10 team this year. They dropped to number 66 on my schedule strength. Now, they do have to go into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama. So did LSU last year, and LSU got that done. So my number one surprise team this year, a team that I think could come out of the non-top 10 and perhaps make the playoff, would be um, the Texas A&M Aggies. Around our way, because of the connection, a lot of us follow Virginia Bronco Mendenhall. Most of his coaching staff was at BYU. They lose Perkins, who was their do-everything at quarterback. Uh, they won the division. What do you foresee for them as far as this season? Bronco's a little fired up about this when I talk to him. Uh, you you look at, you know, they lose Perkins, and I, like every other magazine out there, is predicting Virginia lower. In fact, I've got him fifth in the division. And uh, he's a little fired up about that. He likes his replacement quarterbacks this year uh, in both uh, Brennan Armstrong and Keaton Thompson, who comes over from Mississippi State. And, yes, there will be a drop-off from what Bryce Perkins did. That man was a magician. But he doesn't think the drop-off's going to be that much. He thinks he might have a improved running game with uh, Mike Collins at running back there. The offensive line looks solid. He likes the defense. And remember last year for Virginia, you know, when the season uh, went along in the first seven games, they were only allowing 19.7 points per game. Then basically the entire secondary got wiped out with injury and they gave up 34.5 points per game the last seven games. Well, they get some of those injured players back. They do lose some players, but uh, I picked Virginia fifth. I do think it's more of a rebuild than a reload there. But Coach Mendenhall's out to prove that it's not, and he feels they're going to be a contender in the Coastal. Phil Steele joining us. So this is a question you have never been asked before, but this year maybe it comes into play. If this college football season has to move to the spring, and if first-round guys, or maybe first, second, and third-round guys say, well, I'm not playing, I'm already going in the NFL draft, I'm not going to risk it, 
What do conference title races and the playoff race look like if you subtract at least 30 and maybe even as many as 100 players off the top of the college football season? I, I think it would be drastically different. And the, as you mentioned, you know, like if you're a middle-of-the-road team, you're not losing guys to the NFL draft, so you're just as strong. But if you're the Alabamas, the LSUs, the Oklahomas, the Clemsons out there, you're going to lose a bunch of guys. Clemson's not going to have Trevor Lawrence, a quarterback, or Travis Etienne, a running back. That could be a big-time drop-off. Now, they've got talent behind them. Not saying they don't, not saying they wouldn't compete. But, yeah, I mean, as far as guys that have been there, the experienced guys, you're losing your best players off the very top teams. I think that would make it for a very wide-open college football season. But, guys, I'm going for fall football here this year. I want to see them play football in the fall, and I think we will. We saw last year LSU was dominant. Of the teams that you have contending for the title this year, do you forecast anybody being as dominant as LSU was? No, I don't, because I can I can pick some holes in each of the teams that are at the very top. You take a look at Ohio State, for example. They lost a lot off the defense. Last year they had eight, nine returning starters on defense. Uh, this year they only have four. Some guy, Chase Young, headed off to the NFL. Uh, and so there's some question marks there for me. Running back depth is a question mark I have with Ohio State with Clemson. It might be the receiving core. You know, having Justin Roscoe down, uh, they weren't extremely deep. Normally, a team like Clemson goes three deep at receiver. They only went two deep, so they're not very deep at that receiver spot. They also have a, uh, excuse me, a younger offensive line in front of them. So there's question marks there. With Alabama, your question mark would be quarterback. With Oklahoma, it's can the defense improve? So each of those teams has a question uh, throughout, and I don't think we're going to see a team dominate, especially in playoff time like LSU did last year. Phil Steele joining us. Phil, you've given us a lot of info. You've run through a lot of stuff, and I know you've only scratched the surface. For people who want to read you, some people like to, you know, they're old school, and they want to hold something in their hands. Our producer, Jake Hatch, is saying, that's me. He's in his 30s, but he wants to, other people are like, digital. I want to read it on my phone. I, I want to read it on the computer when I'm supposed to be working, even if I'm working at home. Uh, how do they find you, digital or, uh, you know, old school tree products? I appreciate that. Uh, yeah, the magazine, we actually uh, we sent it to the press on July the 8th. We got it back. It's in the office. We're shipping them out. There's pictures on, if you go, go to Phil Steele or at Phil Steele 042 on Twitter, you'll see pictures of the truck and the, the mailing crew shipping out these magazines. So if you are old school, and I'm old school, guys. I like, I like a magazine in my hands. Uh, then you head to philsteel.com, order it that way. Very limited distribution this year. Last year we printed 200,000 magazines. This year we're printing 50,000. So when they're sold out, they're sold out. The only two retailers that will have them are Books A Million and Barnes and & Noble. So those will be available there on July 24th at Books A Million and Barnes and & Noble. Other than that, go to philsteel.com to order it. And the, the version for your iPad, iPhone, computer, that will be available probably in about three or four days. We'll have that up. Follow me at philsteel042, and I'll keep you posted when that's available. Do you update the digital stuff with the transfer portal? Because it's, uh, it's, it's not 2005 anymore, Phil. Things are just, well, Utah State's quarterback, you know, 48 hours and you, and you got two pretty big moves. Yeah, two very big moves. I think we are going to do that this year, and especially uh, schedule-wise. You know, there's going to be some schedule changes, I think, between now and the start of the football season. So we'll ha- we will update that on the, uh, on the digital version. All right. Phil, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Hey, a lot of fun as always, guys. Great talking football with you today. 
There's Phil Steele. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines. Stay with us.